Okay, so Philippians chapter 2. Give me one second here. Philippians chapter 2 and starting in verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I, I count myself very blessed that we get to share these things right now because this is, of course, the Christmas season, and thank God for that. I am thankful for Christmas. And, uh, and yet it's a good thing to, to keep together the fact that not only did Jesus was he born, God became a, a man and, and fully God, fully man. It's always important to, to keep that in the view as well. But uh, but not only did he he come and be born among us and walk among us, but, he, he, you know, the, the the whole story is he gave his life to save sinful men and rose again in victory. And he's coming soon. And the whole picture is, is that God has given him a name which is above every name. <laughs> so you, you cannot think of Christ only in terms as the babe in the manger. Praise God for the Christmas season. Praise God for the nativity scenes everywhere. But listen, the whole picture is, is every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There are many people that, that fail to have the complete picture of Christ and who He is. And even those of us who know, <laughs> even those of us who know Christ is our Savior and know He is Lord and know He is coming again soon, even we fail to keep Him in that place of preeminence, that place where He gets all the glory, all the praise, and we should be obedient to Him every day, all day long, without, <laughs> without intermission. <laughs> You know, it is it is uh, so easy to lose sight of the important things in life and and certainly in the Christmas season. So because there, there's just so many things to distract us, you know, so many, you know, you can get it, I don't I'm sure I'm not the only one that has Christmas shopping and uh, gifts and uh, and Christmas lights and decorations. They're all, you know, I, I like the festivity and I like those things. But man, it is you can't let yourself be distracted away from why you have a Christmas season. It is to honor and praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ given to us. And so on our uh, page, page four, page four, okay, we are continuing the thought. This is on the subject of Christ's exaltation. And we've, uh, we've already looked at uh, a lot of things here. We're on letter F. And we started this last week, I think it was, but letter F is Christ is our example for reward. So he is our example of humble service, and he is also our example for reward. We're going to go ahead and read the paragraph here that's here in your notes. Jesus Christ, in leaving the presence of God the Father, the glory of heaven, and taking the likeness of sinful flesh, he, he looks just like us, even though he has never, never sinned. And walking among sinful men and offering his life not only for those seeking mercy from God, but for the very ones spitting on him and spitefully treating him. For this cause, he is our example, not only of humble service, but reward. And you see this in this passage. It says, uh, wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him 
And because Jesus Christ, He came and He was born in a manger. And I, I think it was Adam who said last week, you can become overly familiar with Christ, with the Christmas story, and it can become less, you know, if it's only something that you know, and it's only something that you repeat. It's like everything else in human nature. You know, if you allow it to, it can become familiar and it can become old hat if, if it's only religion. Now, listen, if we're worshiping the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, it's never going to become old. Just like the, the I love to tell the story uh, and, and those who seem to know it best are hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. You know, so when you're in love with the Lord and you're worshiping him, you know, it's not going to become old. But when you're just familiar you guys get the difference, right? When you're just around it a lot or you, or you know the lingo and you talk about it a lot, but it's not more than that. So we just have to watch ourselves that we never become overly familiar with the facts and, and not, uh, and not uh, be involved with worship every day. And so uh, all these things are revolving around the fact that, um, that Christ came and he was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He rose again in victory. Wherefore, verse 9, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the very important thing for us as as followers of Christ to remember is that Christ is our example. This life was a life of for for Jesus Christ, God's own son. It was a life of humility. It was a life of putting God first and putting himself in, in the, the manner and the example he gave was putting everybody else before himself. This life is not the time where we reap the rewards of being God's people we get that we get so many things now. We have the Holy Spirit and we have fellowship. We have so many things. We're going to look at other things in just a minute or two here. But all these things are not our eternal rewards that we're looking forward to in heaven. That's coming. But you see Jesus Christ here honored in this passage that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. But that's not happening as you look around on planet Earth today. Listen, in, in eternity... Every soul that's ever been born will honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Just regardless of how they saw him in this life. And you could walk up to any number of people and say, hey, have you heard about the Lord Jesus Christ? And you will get a myriad of answers. Many of them will not be good. Many of them will be ridiculing you for believing these things. Because our world is getting darker and darker every single day. I, I never could have imagined America would be where it is right now. Is absolutely. If you could, you could ask. You could have told me ten years ago some of the things that are happening in our society right now. I would not have believed you. And yet, you know, this is not. This all these things God has told us that we should be prepared for. The world is going to be dark, and it's going to get darker. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, we're meant to be lights. We're meant to be His people, shining for His glory. And so. Um, all these things are, are, are revolving around the fact that Jesus Christ humbled himself and was obedient unto death, and God has highly exalted him. That also is an example to us. So it's here in your notes, Philippians 2.9. Uh, well, we just read it, but <laughs> Philippians 2.9 through 11. Uh, Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And so um, I also want to look at this, and he is. it's in my notes, not in yours, appointed an inheritance. So in... He is the heir of all things. In Hebrews chapter 1, if you'd like to turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 1. 
Hebrews chapter 1, verse, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to, unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, Hebrews, in this whole, there's there's many chapters here. They're referring to the Lord Jesus Christ and how what he has brought to us is so much better than what they had in the Old Covenant. So the Old Covenant that was, you know, uh, it was given by dispensation of the law. And, you know, in uh, Exodus chapter 20, at the, at the giving of the law, I don't know how many of you are familiar with it, but the giving of the law was a terrifying experience to the point where the people of Israel asked that they no more hear God's voice because it terrified them. It was there was fire on the mountain. There was thunderings and lightnings and the giving of the law was terrifying. And listen, there's a purpose to that. It wouldn't be so terrifying if we were not sinners. That's the problem. The giving of the law brings a problem to people who break the law. Now, listen, <laughs> what Jesus Christ brought he, he did not bring a new law. He did not bring what he brought was. And it's interesting because Jesus said, Jesus said that not one jot or one tittle would pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And yet at the same time, we as flawed human beings at best are not able to keep the law. So what we have is a very big problem until Jesus Christ came and in his own person fulfilled the requirements, the demands of the law. He was entirely righteous. He kept not only the, the letter of the law, but he kept the spirit of the law, which the Pharisees, they were, they were all about the keeping the smallest, minutest detail of the law. And like he told them, you are straining at a gnat and you're swallowing a camel. And yet the Lord Jesus, he fulfilled the law. In his own person, in his own walk, he fulfilled the law. And his righteousness is imputed unto us. And so I think it was Adam also who mentioned the many one easy way of looking or one better great way of looking at it is a lot of people looking this in accounting terms. In one column, we have all of our sins. And in the other column, we have no righteousness. <laughs> so when God looks at us, there is a problem until Jesus comes into our life. The sins are paid for on the cross of Calvary by him. Those sins are paid for. And not only that, not only are the sins taken out of, the, of the, the bad column, the debt column, but his righteousness is put to our account by the grace of God. The goodness and righteousness of Jesus Christ is imputed to me when I receive Christ as my savior. And if you know Christ as your savior, it's imputed to you so that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his own son. <laughs> Glory to God. These are the things that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. If you, let me just read this again. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So you think about this. He's he's specifically talking about uh, the fact that Jesus 
made the worlds. Verse, uh, verse three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that when you looked at the Lord Jesus, you were looking at God. The express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. So again, you think about the babe in the manger, you're thinking about the Lord himself, the one who spoke all of creation into existence. Genesis one. And, and God spoke the worlds into existence and they obeyed. They came into existence. This is the Lord Jesus Christ and upholding all things by the word of his power. And then in this last part of verse three, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The Lord Jesus himself purged mankind's sins. It's the good news. This is why gospel means good news. Because the debt has already been paid 2,000 years ago. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus came and was a, became a man on planet Earth and walked and lived a sinless life in constant servitude to others, putting others' needs before himself. And he laid that life down to... It has to be personal. He laid his life down to pay for my sins. He purged my sins by the grace and mercy of God by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, showing the work is done. The work for salvation is done. The Lord Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Folks, that that's good news. <laughs> and now all that's left is to receive the gift. That's what the Bible says in Romans. It is a gift offered to all of mankind forgiveness and mercy, but not just that it, this is and thank, praise the Lord. We're getting right back to what we need to. It is a gift presented to us to be forgiven and saved and on our way to heaven. And there is an inheritance that the Lord Jesus receives the Lord Jesus being the creator of all things and, and by his work of redemption, he has earned a name which is above every name and he is the heir of all things. It's a it's an incredible story. It's an incredible panorama. It's practically too much for my little mind to take in all that Jesus is and all that he has done and all that he has brought to me. And I, right now I am on planet Earth and man, I got issues. Mom, don't say a thing, <laughs> man. I got it. Melissa, don't say a thing. <laughs> I got issues. I got I got problems. I got things I deal with every single day. But you know what? In Christ Jesus, I have an inheritance. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, and, and praise God for that testimony. Thank you for sharing that. Glory to God. You see, God is, despite the fact that we have so many problems, so many issues, things that are all too big for us, none of them are anything for God to blink at. Healing cancer, stage four cancer, impossible by mankind's standards, is nothing to God. Uh, and by the grace of God, God brought me through three strokes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he staved off a few others. too. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I get an arm feeling tingly. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> Lord, please, please. Uh, anyway, I, I, I don't like being in hospitals. I don't like any of that stuff. So anyway, I'm so thankful to be here with you guys this morning and uh, sharing these things together. And so the Lord Jesus has an inheritance that we also are co-inheritors to. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't explain that either. 
the fact that we are made co-inheritors with Jesus Christ. Do you you know what I did to earn this? Nothing. I did nothing to earn this. This is given to me (laughs) by the grace of God. Now, there are rewards for living for the Lord Jesus in this life. There are rewards for seeking his glory. we, We mentioned last week there's a reward for looking for his coming. Loving his appearing. There's a there's a, a crown for loving his appearing. And listen, there are the, the, the compensations for living for the Lord Jesus in this life. They, they're beyond our ability to comprehend. And uh, and yet that's that's what this image or this picture is of, is that the rewards coming to us, the co-inheritance that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not worthy of it, but by the grace of God, we are made joint heirs with him. I want you to see this with me. So this is still continuing. Number two here, appointed an inheritance, heir of all things, and we were made joint heirs with him. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and starting in verse 16. My writing is hard to read sometimes. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. You notice right here, talking about the inheritance. uh, Got five more minutes. (laughs) No, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. I mean, got a cold. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you don't look any worse. You look about as bad as you always do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So um, now look at what Paul mentions here with the fact it's, it's joined right there together with the fact that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. And it follows up with verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that's something we are meant to join together with our difficulties and sufferings and pains and trials and temptations that, that the recompense for experiencing these things in this life, they can't be compared and listen, there's a very explicit message in that, that the hardships of life and listen, no matter who you are on planet Earth, hardship in life is part of the process. You're not going to get away from it. It's just part of of life. Everybody does lost or saved. Everybody will experience the hardships of life. And the thing is, is our problem is, is when we blame God for the bad things (laughs) and we fail to honor him and praise him for the good things. And the Bible says every gift, every good thing is a gift from God. And listen, there's there's a lot that falls under that category. The Bible makes mention of taking a breath. Every breath is a gift from God. Literally, the fact that we are still breathing. We are experiencing the grace of God, every breath in, every breath out. But there's so much more. There's so much more that is a gift from God continually in our lives. And the thing is, is God never promised an easy life. Never did he promise that. And if you're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, what God promises is trials and tribulations. The Bible says that if the Lord himself 
was not spared those things. Why should his disciples think that they would be spared those things? We are constantly being told by the Lord to ready ourselves for the difficulties of life because they're coming. And praise God, if you don't have them right now, praise the Lord that I don't always have the things that break me down. And, and, and you know, it, it, there are times where you just say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do here. Lord, I wish this situation wasn't what it is. Lord, help me with this situation. Folks, at times, that's, that's all you can do. Is I'm in this situation and I don't know how to make it not this situation. I can only look to you for deliverance. That is how we are meant to live our lives in complete dependence, continually going to God, praying. If you have to pray every second of the day, you know what? For most of us, that would be only a very good thing for us to be constantly praying to God all day long, every day. And, you know, the thing is, I'm convinced that a lot of us have bad things come into our life because we need that bad things to drive us to God. Because if we didn't have them, we listen, there's so many times in which we are caught up in things and fail to to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. And so that passage here says, for I reckon the sufferings uh, of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And um, okay, so and then I wanted to share this in Galatians chapter four. And it's where we'll have to finish up before. Pastor comes. <laughs> Galatians chapter 4, and starting in verse 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, and so again, this is another beautiful verse to go with Christmas time. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And of course, the word Abba, that's a word that's a lot like our daddy. That's that's the way I understand it. It's a lot like daddy. <laughs> and so it's, you know, so many times people think in terms of religion of our father, you know, and in some some religious way of praying and things like listen. It's very appropriate for us as children to go to God and say, Daddy, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, praise God. God, the Bible says that uh, he has sent forth his spirit into our hearts crying. Oh, he showed up. He showed up before I could finish up before he got here. <laughs> We're finishing up right now. OK, OK. <laughs> So and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art. Listen, to this this is so special. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That is what our relationship with Christ brings us. Sonship, daughtership with God. And it's something that we should continually rejoice in. The, the freedom, the, 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 the spirit of his son inside of us crying, Abba, Father. And it shouldn't only be when we're in trouble, but certainly it applies there. I'm in trouble and I need your help. Listen, God wants his people to run to him with our problems and also to come before him, praising him. Saying, Thank you, Lord, for your good things, for your blessings. Thank you. And, and listen, I think it's a great testimony to give to God when you are praising him in the good times and praising him in the bad times. Mm-hmm. Because they're all part of, they're all part of life. 
But we just need to remember to praise Him in the good times too. <laughs> every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And so uh, we have to stop right there. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for, Lord, who you are. You are so good to us. We are thankful that you call us, uh, Lord, your people. Lord, you, you have sent forth your spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And, Lord, we're very grateful for that, grateful that you have brought us so close to yourself. And, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us and for rising again in victory and bringing your victory to us. And we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that we get to celebrate the coming of your son. We pray that you help our hearts to be aflame, Lord, with your love and glory and, and praising you um, uh, new every day, we pray. And please bless in the coming hour. Bless us as folks sing and bless as a pastor preaches. Help our hearts to be open to receive everything you have for us. We thank you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all.